From the city of brotherly love. And the great state of Ohio. This is Dadline. I'm Michael Sperger. And I'm J.C. Wilson. J.C., if I say the word renegade to you, what comes to mind? Uh, The 1972 to 1983 Jeep CJ5 renegade. Uh, it was a special edition of the the CJ family that had a three point three oh four in it, uh, V eight with a track lock differential in the rear. Um, amazing piece of off roading equipment. Okay, fair, fair. I did I did figure we were going to talk about Jeeps for a second in no particular order or in order if you wish. Top three to five Jeep models go. CJ six uh, is one of my personal favorites. It's uh, much like the CJ8, it was sort of a two-seater with a bed, so it was like pickup truck kind of uh, kind of layout. Um, I'm getting to be super partial to my JK. It's a 2016. It's an it's sort of a new boy. It's the last generation. Still love him, but I will always have a soft spot in my heart for the the YJs. Uh, even though they had the square headlights, they were still really really cool, really fun to mod, and that straight six is fire, dude. Were the YJs the ones that were out when we were kids? Yeah, as we were sort of transitioning, right? Like they took over right after the CJ7s. Okay. Okay. All right. I have a fondness in my heart for the postal Jeeps. Oh yeah. yeah. The CJ3s and the 3 well, I guess the the postal ones were actually based off of that flat fender model. So yeah, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Amazing machines. They run forever. In fact, they're still running today. They're still running out there. I test drove one one time for a friend who was thinking about buying it. Those are easy to drop uh diesel engines in these days so if you get like a box cummins you can drop that in there in an afternoon if you want if you have a lift and tools and a friend i have no lift i have a few tools and based on the last episode i think i have one or two friends you're halfway there man i mean you get seven or eight friends you can lift i was just about to say how many friends compensate (laughs) for the lack of a lift there it's man oh they're heavy they're heavy they're just not light (laughs) At our age, more than seven guys, I think. Well, I do want to take the opportunity to talk about a different kind of renegade. This renegade, which we're going to talk about today, is a dance that was invented by Jalea Harmon, a young black woman living near Atlanta. And if you have kids at home between the ages of, say, 8 and 18, they probably know the renegade dance by heart. And they learned how to renegade on TikTok a video sharing social app that is the latest in a long line of things that parents just don't understand. Shall I pick up my car phone and perpetrate like I was talking? I was hoping you would offer that. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast has Philly in its heart. Let's, let's just remind everyone. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Well, we talked in our first episode this season about how we're all living with a lot of isolation right now. And for our kids, TikTok has become a refuge, a source of information, and even a way of protesting injustice. There's a lot going on for an app that only does short videos. And since we are laughably outside the target market for this strange new form of community, I wanted to ask an expert to tell us more about the world of TikTok. So joining us on the podcast today is my younger daughter, Anna. Anna, when did you start using TikTok and how did you first hear about it? Um, I started using TikTok at the beginning of last year. I actually do not remember how I started using it. It was kind of a thing then where people didn't really like talk about using it. People were kind of like ashamed about having it. You know, you kind of hit it in the back of some folder on your home screen. And why do you think that is? I mean, it's changed a lot. 
at the beginning, it wasn't like what it is now where people do like dances on it and like there are millions of users. I think it also might be because it originated from Musical.ly and Musical.ly went away and was kind of like not seen as cool or interesting anymore. Um, and then TikTok was related to Musical.ly. For those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit more about what Musical.ly was? Um, I did not have Musical.ly actually, but it was very similar to TikTok. You would use sounds like you do now. Um, I think it was just like songs then, um, or like remixes of songs and lip sync basically. And there were other services before this, right? Like you were familiar with Vines from Twitter and I think you also used, what was it called? Dub Smash? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, when you were using those, like kind of how old you were and what you were doing with them? Um, Vine, I used in like lower school, I think. I think I used it on Maria's phone. Then we would just make funny videos just of the randomest things. And Dub Smash, I probably used more in middle school. And that just, uh, there was, oh, Thriller is another one that people used. You got like a remix of a song and you would record multiple videos to one song and then it would edit them all together. That was also an app that I used around middle school. And just stating the obvious, because I have never even heard of some of these apps, you were not going through a process of like requesting permission from your parents before you downloaded these apps. You just heard about them and used them. Is that fair? Yes. So back to TikTok, you start using it about a year ago, which makes you 16 or so at the time. And what was TikTok like when you first started using it? When I first started using it, there was this whole like gamers versus furries thing that was just kind of like a argument and like different creators making videos um on like the two sides um I think I joined like towards the end of that and then earlier last year towards the beginning of when school started and during the summer that's when the whole like visco girl thing started that was really big on tiktok can you explain what a visco girl is for those who don't know a visco girl is um a girl it's a bit basic nothing wrong with being a visco girl but um wearing like just shorts and like long t-shirts and having a hydro flask and like the save the turtles thing um, about <laughs> buying metal straws to save the turtles kind of originated from Visco Girls. And of course, Visco is an app that Visco Girls use. And what is Visco for? Uh, sharing photos. Um, it's actually one of my favorite apps because it doesn't show likes or comments. Um, so, it's just like, I mean, I can see how many likes and comments I get, but not comments, just likes. Um, but nobody else can, and I can't see other people's posts, so you kind of can just share whatever you want. Um, and it's also just like I only really follow my friends, so I just get to see their fun pictures. 
So it seems like it seems like there's kind of a constant stream of social apps that are coming out and each one has its own features. Each one has a different twist to it. But, um, you know, you use several before TikTok. There are some other ones that you're using right now. What is it that seems to be such a powerful draw for people about TikTok? Why do you think it's become so popular? Um, I think one of the main reasons is because it was kind of like a new start. Like anybody using it could have a viral video. I mean, that's still true. Anybody. My one friend posted a TikTok and got 3 million views. Um, And like, she's not big on any other social media platform. Um, And sure, there are influencers on TikTok, but... um, there's really such a big opportunity. And also I think they do a really nice job with the algorithm. Um, So like the videos that I see in comparison to the videos that my one friend sees, like she's seeing like all of the dancing TikToks and I see humor TikToks that are very specific to my type of humor. Um, And I also see TikToks from like small businesses, which is really nice and like a great way to advertise for them. Talk about some of the things that you've learned to do from watching TikTok videos. You know, I've definitely learned some dances. Um, I've learned some recipes. I've ordered things from small businesses. I've learned a lot about like the protests that have been going on, especially over the summer. Um, and I still get videos about that. Um, I've learned about a lot of other cultures, which is really interesting to see it like from their perspective, like, um, Native Americans and like, um, maybe Pacific Islanders, people like that are on TikTok and I'm able to see their videos and hear from them directly, which is kind of amazing. Is there such a thing in the TikTok world as as beef? Is there drama? Are there TikTok battles happening the way we see in other kinds of social media? There definitely are. I don't really follow that many like influencers, but that definitely does go on. And what do you feel you're getting out of using TikTok? Do you feel like it's mostly for information or just mostly for fun? Do you feel any sense of community from interacting with these videos? I'd say I do feel a sense of community from interacting with the videos. Um, I mean, it's mostly for entertainment and like a distraction when I'm like in school all day and we can't really go anywhere because of COVID it's a nice way to like connect with other people. Yeah. And like, I do learn some things, but I wouldn't say that's my main reason for being on the app. That's just an added benefit. You mentioned your particular brand of humor and that TikTok does a good job serving videos up. Is there, is there a memorable joke or video that you could describe briefly? I don't know. I see so many videos every day. It's kind of hard to remember specific ones. How many videos do you think you see in a typical day on TikTok? Um, too many. Does it does it tell you how many you've watched in a day? No. 
but I can see on my screen time on my phone how long I've been on the app, and each video ranges from, like, five seconds to 60 seconds. So if you were on there for two hours, you'll have seen at least 120 videos. Mm, yeah. And what do you reckon is the longest you've spent on TikTok in one day? <laughs> A couple of hours. Yeah, especially at the beginning of quarantine when I genuinely had nothing to do. I would just sit on my phone all day and watch TikTok. What do you think it's important for parents and other elderly people to know about TikTok? Like, is this, is this rotting the, the brains of the youth of America? Is it, is it horrible? Should we be afraid? Should we, should we have pitchforks and torches? Like, how do you, how do you think adults should be thinking about TikTok when, when they do? Um, I really don't think it's people should be thinking it's like scary or rotting our brains. I honestly feel like you can get the same information and content on any other social media app. But for some reason, people have a problem with TikTok. I'm not really sure why. It's kind of a question for you. You're old. I don't know. Why do I think people have a problem with TikTok? Yeah. Oh, mainly because it's the new thing, right? Like yeah. uh, older people always love to get up in arms about whatever the new thing is. Yeah. So if it wasn't TikTok, it would be something else. True. Anna Sperger is a TikTok expert, a senior in high school, and a member of the Deadline family. Anna, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. So after talking with Anna, one of the things that's on my mind is the way in which we can get confused about the difference between community and virality. So they're not really the same thing, but when we're all having a common experience of a kind, especially on social media, we feel a certain quality of connection. Um, I wonder if you think back on memes and, and moments when we've all felt connected with other people uh, that were really driven by something in online life. So what I think is interesting for us as angry Gen Xers is that it was before the internet, right? Like we all watched the same TV shows. Yeah. Saturday morning was where we got our memes. And I've tried to explain this to my son, which is fun because he and I communicate almost exclusively in memes now during the day. Um, I will get, you know, a flood of text messages that have things, you know, understandable and, you know, picture from Grand Theft Auto 5 or whatever, which is hilarious because he's never played the game. Um, I don't know that he knows the context of the screenshot, but to him, it's funny. And you know, he shares this with his friends. He picks it up with his friends and they put their own meaning into it. Um, I've tried to explain to him that I have the same, you know, conversations with friends. If I sat down with some of my old high school buddies, we would start quoting the movie Aliens like that would be the only thing there was. Um, so, yeah, I, I do get that that vibe. I, I also I'm sorry, the, the whole gamer versus furry I, thing. I, I wondered I wondered how long it would take you to get to this. Yes. <sighs> Quite honestly, this foretells the uh, Brony Juggalo Wars of 2040. And honestly, I don't know if I have to hat tip the McElroys or Merlin Mann or somebody else in my podcast stack for the Brony Juggalo Wars. But but quite honestly, that that weighs on me. It really does, especially you know given our history with Juggalos. We're, we're team Juggalo, right? We, we kind of have to be. I, we, as much as I love DJ Pwn3, 
I feel like that our our good friend uh, Delco has pulled us down the Juggalo rabbit hole. We did for a long time uh, ride with our trivia team name as the Juggalo Miracle Network. Was there a better name? There is no better name. The Langston Hughes stuff was good. The Langston Hughes stuff was good. That's that's a deep cut. While we're talking about obscure references, I think the most Gen X thing we could do right here uh, when talking about memes would be to draw a connection to Star Trek The Next Generation. And yes. I'm reminded, as you were talking about the way you communicate with your son and the way you would communicate with friends, I'm reminded of the of the classic episode where Picard is stuck on a planet with a, an alien who only speaks in illusions. And so, you know, the guy keeps saying Darmak, Darmak and Jalad at Tanagra. And Picard has no idea what that means. And the guy's like, Darmok. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think and I think like, you know, when you encounter somebody who's referring to memes that you've not been acquainted with, it's that same experience of like, what the heck are you talking about? I'm, I'm afraid you're going to need to go out and get a screenshot from the episode and you're going to have to put that together for us. I feel like that's that's a must at this point. Yeah, seriously. I was thinking as as I was talking to Anna and then working on the episode, I was thinking about um the terrible secret of space, which was one of those like pre YouTube, pre social media. I don't even know how we shared videos in those days. Maybe we emailed them or I don't know. It was very postage stampy. I remember that. Yeah, it was small. It was small. And it was, and it was, um, it, it had a techno song cause techno was a thing for a mm-hmm. while. I, I actually played the terrible secret of space for Anna the other day. Um, and she cut it off after about a minute because the music was making her head hurt. I've been able to get away with it with things like Homestar Runner, which hit while I was like, our our good friend Delco was in like high school when that started to come out. I I had a job and was gainfully employed like an adult, Mm -hmm. but I've managed to walk through those with my kids and they, those actually still hold up even though they're much longer, right? Like those are, you know, sometimes three to seven minutes. Whoa, a full blown cartoon. Um, and that's weathered well. But I can imagine I could throw out some of the things from like any what was the the one with the badgers all over the place and the snakes oh, and all of yeah. that. The honey I, I don't badgers. think that would sit yep. well. Yeah. Yep, the honey badgers. Yep, absolutely. The subtle kind of trap that we fall into is you have these moments online, they're a shared experience. It's not really the same as like having community, except that a lot of this stuff comes from these weird little small room communities that exist online, right? Like somebody's in joke explodes onto the scene and becomes like part of the cultural canon for five minutes. And it's the strangest dynamic. One of the things that my wife and I were actually talking to our kids about this weekend was, do you remember the raffle copter? No. It was an ASCII art helicopter with raffle as the text that made up the helicopter. You can go up and look at, I think there's still a raffle copter website. The guy who made that website is the first to say he didn't invent the raffle copter, but I am five nines certain that I do know the inventor of the raffle copter and that we did uh, exchange, you know, a a lot of pleasantries on particular uh, technical websites back in the day. So it it is, it's a very small little in joke and it eventually explodes and because becomes something that becomes part of the larger culture and is shared in other small communities for entirely different reasons, which is, you know, kind of what art is. If you think about it along those lines, I went to college with and, and knew a little bit, the guy who invented, Rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock. Oh, 
Right. So good. Yes. And, you know, and that, and that blew up in the culture because of the big bang theory, um, you know, which is this mass market product. But um, yeah, I mean, I I, I was, I went to pre-college and met this guy uh, uh, when I was just a wee nerd. Um, And, uh, you know, there, there were, there were cool older nerds and they had, they had this whole kind of language of their own. And that was a part of it. So onward we go in our quest to understand community in all its forms and how we fight isolation in the age of COVID. We want to hear how it's working for you, and we want to hear your favorite obscure memes that make no sense to us. Lay it on us. You can give us a call at 412-684-DADS. That's plus one, 412-684-3237. Our operators are preoccupied filming TikTok videos of themselves, but you can go ahead and leave us a message and we'll pick it up. And remember to subscribe to Dadline wherever it is you get your podcasts. Remember, every time someone subscribes, someone gets an F in the chat.